I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. Matthew, chapter 18, for the preaching of God's word. And I'll be reading from verse 1 down to verse number 6. Matthew, chapter 18, and verse number 1. The Bible says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe me in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you for the help, the guidance, direction that we can find from it. I pray that you would use it once again tonight to challenge our hearts and to guide us into your will for our lives as we seek to serve you and be out about your business here on planet Earth. Take full control. Give me the words you'll have me to say. May they be a source of strength, challenge to each one here tonight. And if there's someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, may tonight be the night where that one says yes to you. Take full control. Have your divine way. I ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing you may be seated. Shortly after moving back to Nevis, a little over seven years ago, I can recall that I officiated a funeral that was attended by many dignitaries and officials. And this was, this was one of the first funerals that I would have done since becoming a pastor. A few days later, through my interaction with someone who was in attendance, the individual commented to me that the funeral service went very well, except that I had not followed the protocols in acknowledging the dignitaries, and the officials who were in attendance. In my ignorance and in my quote-unquote newness, if you will, as a pastor, I had omitted doing something that was a standard, something that was an accepted procedure. Protocols or implemented regulations, practices, and accepted procedures, if you will, exist in all walks of life and in various segments of society. To ignore them can cause offense. To ignore them can also be to one's own detriment. And so awareness of these is necessary so as to avoid 
embarrassment, to avoid causing offense, and even to avoid being barred from entry to places where we might desire to go. In order to enter the courthouse, there are certain requirements, regulations, protocols, if you will, that we must adhere to in order to do so. In order to receive a passport from your country of nationality, there are certain requirements, regulations, protocols, if you will, required for doing so. And let me say here tonight that just as requirements or protocols, whatever word you want to use to describe these requirements, regulations, just as these exist for these things and others, understand, my friend, very clearly that there are certain requirements that exist when it comes to the kingdom of God. Amen? I want to call them kingdom protocols. You and I are simply not allowed by the God of this kingdom, by the king of this kingdom, we are not allowed to come up with our own rules. We are not allowed to do our own thing and make it in. We are not allowed to function however we please. And even when we do, mark it down, there will be consequences. As you and I engage in this thing we call ministry, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to edify saints, and to evangelize a lost and dying world, my friend, if we're going to do so effectively, and if we're going to do so with God's approval, if we're going to do so with his sanction, we must ensure that we are not coming up with promoting a false notion that we can do whatever we like. I began this series several weeks ago and I've entitled it A Ministry to Pattern. You see, my friend, if we were to read the Gospels and we were to observe Jesus' actions as he ministered to people for roughly three and a half years, we would see very clearly that Jesus did not go about the practice of making people comfortable by promoting the notion that they can come whichever way they please. And since he did not do that, my friend, if we're going to be his ambassadors and his representatives, neither should we. I want to continue this message I began last Sunday evening entitled Kingdom Protocols. My friend, there are some requirements. There are some regulations. There are some protocols, if you will, that God himself has put in place that we must adhere to in order to effectively do the job that he's called us to do. Last week, we looked at, first of all, the requirements for entry. And if you notice in our text in chapter 18 of Matthew and verse number 3, notice what Jesus said in answer to the question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus, in answering this question, brings a little child into his presence and then says in verse number three, 
Verily I say unto you. In other words, assuredly, truly, I say unto you, except ye be what? Converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was simply saying, when it comes to your requirement for entering into this kingdom, the requirement for entry is conversion. You must be converted. In other words, the state in which you were born precludes you from entering into this kingdom. In order to enter, you must be changed from your old man into a new man. My friend, there is no other way. It requires that a person, man, woman, boy, or girl, be born again. So Jesus said to Nicodemus in John's Gospel, chapter 3. This is the new birth. My friend, this conversion is precipitated by one's faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And the Holy Spirit of God performs a supernatural miracle and takes one who was spiritually dead and makes him or her spiritually alive. That's conversion. Good works can't get it done. It's not going to happen. That person must be spiritually transformed by the power of God. So the requirement for entry is not a long list of do's and don'ts. The requirement for entry is that you must be converted. Amen? Tonight, we want to look at another aspect of these kingdom protocols. And the second aspect that we want to look at refers to now that you are eligible for entering the kingdom, there are some requirements for elevation. Some requirements for elevation. Now, Jesus speaks to the requirements for entry in verse number 3, but notice his requirements for elevation in verse number 4. He says, Whosoever, therefore, shall what? Humble himself as this little child. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So the requirements for entry was conversion. But the requirements for elevation, my friend, is humility. Amen? Humility. Now I want us to look at this aspect of of this requirement in a little more detail, and I want you to notice, first of all, God's response to humility. God's response to humility. Now, turn in your Bibles to James chapter 4. The Bible says much about this requirement for elevation. God says much about humility throughout the Word of God. And I want you to see how important this is as it relates to our functioning in God's kingdom. To our functioning as people who are representing his kingdom. Now notice in James chapter 4 and verse number 6. It says, but he, speaking of God, giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud... But giveth what? Grace unto the humble. 
Look at verse number 10 in the same chapter. It says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. My friends, so when it comes to the requirement for elevation in God's kingdom, it requires humility. My friend, God responds to humility. How does God respond to humility? My friend, he gets involved. He provides personal assistance to you in your endeavors when you are humble. It says he giveth grace. You know, well, you know what the picture is there? That you are doing something on behalf of this almighty God and you are doing it with humility. Here's what God says. I'm going to assist you. I'm going to push you. Grace, my friend, is the push of God upon a life. Now you tell me what you can accomplish when God is pushing you. God's response to humility is to promote you, to lift you up, to advance you. When I think of God's assistance, the biblical example, there's so many, but that comes to my mind, is that of Joseph. You look at a young man who had the push of God on his life. Listen, so many instances where he would have been put down and beat down and placed in a pit and lied on and placed in a prison. But my friend, he, 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 he survived and he thrived because he had the grace of God. The push of God. God responded. God promoted him. God advanced him because my friend, God's response to humility is to give you a push, to give you a lift, to advance you, to promote you. You want to be promoted in God's kingdom? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Amen? We see God's response to humility. But I want you to notice God's response to a lack of humility. The same verse that we read in verse number 6 gives you both sides of the same coin. It says, wherefore God resisted the proud. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. My friend, uh, on the contrary, uh, on the opposite end of God pushing you is God resisting you. God preventing a person from advancing. God preventing an individual from moving forward. God allowing you to fall. My friend, how far can an individual expect to get when God of the universe is resisting your forward progress? That's how God responds to a lack of humility. Now we've Mention this word humility. Of course, tonight a considerable number of times. And it's a word that is often used. And it's a word that's often misunderstood. And so I want us to take some time tonight and look at what exactly is humility? 
how does man demonstrate humility towards God? I want us to see a number of things related to what true humility is. What is God referring to when he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord? What is he referring to when he says, he giveth grace into the grace unto the humble? What does that humility look like? In other words, what is man's demonstration of biblical and godly humility? Now, it involves three things as I see it in God's word. First of all, one's attitude towards God. One's attitude towards God. You know what that is? An attitude of submission. An attitude of service. Now, we often think that humility is related to somehow going into a corner and just being isolated from people and not wanting to interact too much or uh, having uh, wearing clothing that maybe might not seem too flashy or whatever it is or whether a person is um, introverted, whatever our perceptive perception of humility is, I want us to understand, listen, it, true humility begins with one's attitude towards God himself. Humility is shown by our demonstration of our sincere need for God himself and our willingness to serve him. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I want you to see a number of verses because if we're going to truly understand what humility is and whether we are truly manifesting it before God, which is our requirement for elevation in his kingdom, we have to know how it's manifested by man in a way that gets God's attention. Now look at this very familiar verse that is, is often quoted in Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. And it shows the essence of humility towards God. The one who gives us the breath that we breathe. Chapter 7 and verse 14, 2 Chronicles says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall do what? Humble themselves and pray. Prayer is an action of humility. Because I recognize that I can't fix everything on my own. I need God. I don't have all the contacts. I don't have all the intellect. I don't have all the money. I don't have the know-how. But I know I need a God who has the answers. So anyhow you think you don't need God, guess what? I don't care how you dress. I don't care how you talk. You are full of arrogance. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. A demonstration that I need God. And look at this one. And turn from their wicked 
ways. Listen, you want to live a life of sin irrespective of what God says? You are arrogant towards God. It says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. My friend, humility demands submission before a holy God. Understanding that he is righteous, that he is holy, that he is just. Humility. Look at Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8. Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Chapter 6 and verse number 8. Look what the Bible says. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require. See that word? Require. This is a requirement. My friend, just because God has given man a choice doesn't mean that God does not require that man chooses to submit to him. But to do what? Justly. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. My friend, if you're going to demonstrate an attitude of humility towards God, you must be willing not only to submit to God, but to serve this same God. He says to walk humbly with thy God. Look at Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 33. The Bible has so much to say about this matter of humility and submission to God. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 33. Look at what it says. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is Humility. That humility is linked to the fear of God. Have no fear for God. No reverence for God. Lack of humility, my friend. Turn over a few pages to Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 4. By humility and, look at that again, the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. My friend, man demonstrates biblical humility by an attitude of submission towards God. So the first aspect of humility is one's attitude towards God. The second way in which you identify humility is your attitude towards others. Here as well, it is manifested and demonstrated by submission and service. Just as submission and service towards God demonstrated humility, submission and service towards others demonstrates humility. You see, my friend, humility is shown by one's willingness to serve and to submit to others. 
if your attitude is, listen, they better not tell me nothing. That's a lack of humility. If one's attitude is all about me, myself, and I, that's a lack of humility. Look what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. When you look at the Bible and what the Bible says about humility, it gives you a completely different perspective compared to what man describes as humility. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, the Bible says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Look at this. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do what? Do ye. It's talking about our response and our attitude towards others. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 2. It says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, look at this, forbearing one another in love. It means, my friend, as it relates to our interaction with other people, we must be willing to have a servant's heart. We must be willing to have a submissive spirit to others. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Again, the emphasis here is that he's not here talking about being nosy in other people's business. It's saying, look out for other people. Look out for the needs of others. Uh, be willing to interact and engage with people when it comes to service and submission. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. I want you to see these verses because, again, the Bible says so much about this matter of humility. And as God makes humility such a critical requirement for elevation in his kingdom, it's important that we understand what that looks like. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto... What? The elder. And all of the older siblings says to the younger siblings, you heard that? You heard what it said? Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. But the verse was not finished. It says, yea, all of you be subject, what? One to another and be clothed with humility for God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Look at verse number 6. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. My friend, here's what we must understand. That God has placed individuals of authority in our lives, in our institutions, in the church, in the home, in the school, at the workplace. And by submitting to those authorities in those institutions, one is also submitting themselves to Almighty God. So when your boss can't tell you anything and your teacher can't tell you anything and your pastor can't tell you anything and your parents can't tell you anything, my friend, you're not only resisting their leadership, you're resisting God's leadership and authority in your life. That's a demonstration of a lack of humility. That's a demonstration of arrogance. That's a demonstration of pride. So humility is identified based on our attitude towards God. It's identified based on our attitude towards others. And then finally, it's detected or not detected by examining one's attitude towards self. Towards self. Now, when it comes to your attitude towards God, you must have submission and you must be willing to serve. When it comes to your attitude towards others, you must as well demonstrate submission and have a willingness to serve. When it comes to your attitude towards yourself, well, you can't submit to yourself. But your attitude towards yourself must engage, must involve rather, service. Now, let's look at a few verses to understand what the Bible wants us to embrace as it relates to our attitude towards ourselves. Look at Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 2. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 2. Remember, it's so important we understand what humility is because it's our requirement for being elevated in God's kingdom. Now look at verse number 2. It says, let what? Another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. So one's attitude to oneself is important when it comes to humility. So it simply means don't engage in self-praise. Don't tell people how wonderful you are, how awesome you are, how great a job you did. Amen? Oh, that, that, that was real weak. <laughs> now, I understand on some circumstances, if you are attending an interview and you are, of course, having to, as we would say, sell yourself, sell your skills so that you can get a job, you'll have to let them know what you've done and where you've been and what you've done. Of course, in order for them to be aware of your qualifications such that they would hire you, right? They are asking you to tell them about yourself. So I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about when it's 
unsolicited, unsolicited rather, unprompted, and you are just tooting your horn, as we say. Tooting your own horn. I think then someone said, what? If you don't toot your own horn from where we tell where to brush it be tooted. Right? <laughs> but let other people toot your horn if there's a horn to be tooted. Amen? Amen. Don't do it yourself. Amen? Amen? That's a sign of a lack of humility. It says, let another man. By the way, notice the verse didn't even say that other people shouldn't praise you. But it says, you don't do it for yourself. Amen? Alright, look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I tell you, when you look at the Bible, you get a much clearer understanding of what God requires and expects. Look at chapter 12 of Romans and verse number 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now listen, if you read the Bible, listen, you learn some things. It didn't say we are to think ourselves as the scum of the earth and the dust of the ground. I am nothing. I am nothing. It says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Listen, you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. We ought to be grateful that God has given us uh, the gifts and the talents that he's given to us and serve him with them, but don't think of yourself higher than you ought. Amen? but to think soberly with a level head, a level mind, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Look at verse number 16. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Attitude towards self. Look at James chapter 4. And verse 14 and 16. These things really help us understand. How do I demonstrate humility? You know, nobody walks around and says, boy, I'm an arrogant person. I'm just full of pride. Everybody believes they're humble. But when you line it up with the Bible, you get a different picture. James chapter 4 and verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. See the perspective of life? When we think about the fact that in an instant we could be gone. It changes our mindset toward life. Help us realize that we are but dust. And whatever we do, we're doing it by the grace of God. So I have a different perspective of myself. Look finally at Philippians. One more passage and we're done. If ever there was a passage that we could look at and have a perspective of what we need to be in demonstrating humility is Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 8. 
it says, let this mind, that mind of humility, be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he did what? Humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do you realize that the lack of obedience to God is arrogance? It says he humbled himself and in demonstrating his humility, it says he became obedient even unto death. So this requirement for elevation that God has put on the table in relation to his kingdom is a requirement of humility. When God's word is preached, do you have a response of humility to respond in submission to what God has just said? Is there a response of obedience that says, God, I have no choice but to act in response and obedience to your word. God, I'm so sorry that I've failed you so many times. Forgive me. I come to you in true repentance. Help me to walk with you. My friend, that is real humility. When you look around at our world, it is so sorely lacking. God says, when you have an attitude towards me, of submission and service, when you have an attitude towards others of submission and service, when you have an attitude towards self of service to God, God says, when you manifest humility in those areas, I will promote you. I will exalt you. I will give you my backing. And my friend, when God promotes you, who can demote you? When God pushes you, who can resist you? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. When it comes to God's kingdom, his regulations, his requirements, his protocols, his requirement for elevation is humility.